You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rob. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah! that you're getting a new intro different from the last one last week and you're getting a different guest different from the one last week but it's different because the king of motherfucking voicemails that motherfucker Jody B has laid down the gauntlet he has a freestyle challenge that he laid down to anybody that's stepping to the throne to hold the title of voicemail king. It's really not uh, that extreme as I'm depicting it to be, but uh, he did. He did like a little battle rap against Ray and everybody else who didn't leave voicemails <laughs> on the podcast. Really, it's not even a battle rap. It's just kind of like spoken word. He kind of did the editing and everything himself. He got some background music and like an intro. And um, I'm kind of burying uh, the essence that is Jody B right now, that motherfucker Jody B, and um, his uh, creative stylings and everything. So rather than me uh, doing a disservice with my uh, intro, I'm going to let you listen to whatever the hell Jody B did. And he the motherfucking voicemail king until I deem otherwise or somebody uh, come in with some... uh, battles that can uh take him off the mic and, and i mean hey man I'm, I'm in a musical mood right now i've been riding around h time listening to some old school classics some uh fat pat some big mo some chameleon air and everything and i just i'm in a musical mood so to kind of feed that thing i'm gonna go ahead and let you listen to jody b in his musical stylings All right. 
right, Clanton. You called down the thunder, well now you got it. Raymond! It's time to go, motherfucker! Yeah. Coming in hot on the track. Telling me to suck it, suck it, suck it! What the fuck was that, dude? I don't even know you. Where's it coming from, bro? I didn't try to take the voicemail, champ. Rob gave me that shit a couple years ago. Maybe not a couple years, one and a half. But since then, I ain't got no competition. Nobody wants to talk motherfucking shit. Random shit. At nobody's fucking expense. They're driving down a goddamn road not making sense. Talking my shit. Slinging my stories. Got Hoppy Rogers coming in. Motherfucker talking all kinds of crazy shit now. I ain't even the champ. This dude's talking about plaster of Paris falling in buttholes. What the fuck's that about? Jesus Christ. What the fuck was that noise? I don't even know. I didn't mean to push nothing. Goddamn computer. Don't want to make no sense with me. What the fuck, Ray? We could share this championship. We could be friendly and shit. That would be fine with me. I don't know why all the hostility and a reason. God damn it. <laughs> but until Rob says so, I'm gonna be the king, the champ. Coming from the top, motherfucker. Peace! hear that right did you hear it the gauntlet has been laid down jody b is in this bitch bitch slapping everybody all across the place with his uh audio stylings <laughs> it's kind of awkward man because like you know i ain't a rapper i ain't a musical person or whatever but jody b has single-handedly done what i have or could not ever do and that's compose a battle rap <laughs> Man, it, it, it kind of threw me off when I was listening to it the first time because, you know, I was waiting for, you know, I don't know what I was waiting on because you, you know how you hear people freestyle and everything and how they kind of, uh, uh, check me out. Then they go into a flow or whatever. I mean, he was talking this whole time and he was actually doing the thing <laughs> and I didn't even know. I thought he was, it was like, that's why I said it's more like spoken word rather than a traditional rap battle. Anyway, the gauntlet has been laid down by the king of voicemails for the Random Realms with Rob podcast. And I challenge anyone to step up to the plate and uh, take a swing at the king, Jody B. <laughs> Speaking of music, man, um, I got another guest coming up here in the future. Goes by the name of Venus Versace cool name eh? i see now that's a rap name that is an artist's name um i was introduced to this person by a former guest zyme who is also a musical genius and um had her on the show she told me a story about how she went from one extreme and how she got into music i'm kind of talking about another guest that ain't even come up yet but the reason being is her and zyme got a track called high tide and like I said, I'm I'm in a musical mood right now. So for some bonus content for this episode, at the end, you're going to hear that song by Zion and Venus Versace called High Tide. It's mellow. And if you have some uh, tides, if you will, you want to get high on while you jam the song, I highly 
the recommended puns. Anyway, coming up on this edition of the podcast, I have a guest. His name is Ned Kenny, and he is the CEO and founder of an app called Laughable. It's a podcast catcher, but it's more uh, orientated in the comedy realm or whatever it is. Um, it highlights a lot of comedians and comedians who have podcasts. And there's also nine comedians <laughs> like myself and um, a whole bunch of other people. I mean, so if you're a podcaster and um, you want to get on the Laughable app, just uh, submit your RL, RL, your RSS feed to info at laughable.com. And um, your show title, you know, your RSS feed, and you know, plug it in, homeboy. And if you want to even go a step further, they can do a a host bio for you like I have. So if you search Rob or B-Rob, there's a picture of me. You can click on it. It'll show you my show and it'll give you a quick bio on me and um, what it does because um, also it'll list every podcast that I've been on in my bio, which is currently in the works. It's not on there yet, but I submitted the info and it should be plugged in here pretty soon. They have awesome and groundbreaking things going on with this app. They just did their first live comedy event in New York on the 22nd. And um, a success nonetheless. I don't know because I wasn't fucking there. But I imagine if you get the thing on the ground, people attend. It has a beginning and it has an end. I say that was successful. Reason being because, I mean, you planned it. You put it together. And whether the the event itself was a, a success in the realm of, you know, people had fun and they enjoyed it and they want to come back. I mean, that's irrelevant, but it's successful because you put the effort and time into making this event, event a reality. So it can be a failure in one realm, but it's ultimately a success because you pursued it, you did it, and it got done. So, shout-outs to Laughable and their first live event. And um, we talk about how the freaking Laughable app come along. And I, I'm also apologizing right now for, you know, my cadence, my vernacular, my slang, or whatever. Because I'm drowsy as fuck. I had some alcoholic beverages. I was sitting up here playing 2K17 NBA type. And um, I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> but can I really apologize for it every episode? Because it's, it's, it's just how it always is. I'm always doing the same shit. Can't do it in the daytime because kids are hanging from chandeliers and throwing stuff everywhere. And then I'm in here trying to record in a room where I ain't got no motherfucking doors. I can't seclude myself. And everybody just walk through here so they can go to the motherfucking kitchen and get, eat cakes and pies and I can hear a door slam in the background while I'm recording pots and pans clanging in the sink and water running and kids footsteps on the floor above me just stomping around and stomping and stomping. So I just wait late at night to when I'm sleepy as fuck. And I use my sleepy time voice because I can't get loud and crazy because everybody is sleeping. <laughs> Rants of a sleepy madman. But man, I, I just fucked up this, my guest's intro. And even 
though I'm talking about my guest right now, trying to give you the little prelude before we get into the interview that we've done. Happy Rogers is back again. <laughs> See, Happy, Happy's not going for the crown. Happy is in his own category. Happy is in his own bracket, realm, world, or whatever you want to call it. He just calls in and give us his happyisms, his happy stories, his hippity hops. <laughs> and uh, he has that. So before we roll into this edition of the Random Rams Rob podcast featuring Ned Kinney, CEO, creator of the Laughable app, I'm a let Happy Rogers give you another whimsical story from his life. And then the interview will start right after that. And also, I'm going to catch you on the other end when the interview is over. And I'm going to say some things. I'm going to plug my stuff, not my orifices. And you're going to get that bonus content from Zyme and Venus Versace. So, sit back, relax, and listen to some shit. What up, everybody? This is Hoppy Rogers. I'm sitting on the toilet going number two. I figured I'd call and say what's up. Uh, I hope that visual was a, a good pleasing, uh, piece of, uh, 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 mental brain nugget for you. But, uh, anywho, uh, many years ago, I got called in for a drug test. Uh, I'm at the crib, calling one, you know, random test and all that, and, uh, I, I freaks out, cause I ain't gonna pass it. Uh, and I'm out of the veils, you know, that shit you drink that only works like half the time, if that. I ain't got none of that. I, I looks in my freezer. Uh, I'm out, I'm out of clean piss. You know, you, you know, in the hood, there's people, they make money all day long selling piss. But, uh, I ain't got none and I'm freaking out. You know, I don't know what to do. So I, I runs over to my neighbor. He's, uh, he's in the back fucking with his pool. And so I tell him the story and all that. And he's like, you know, I can't help you neither. <laughs> I don't, I don't got to worry about that shit. Whoop de whoop. But I see, He's, he's sprinkling some chemicals in the pool, it's powder. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, it's logical, B-Rob. If, if, the, if that shit can clean the water in the pool, why can't it clean my pee? I mean, it's, I mean, we're doing the same function, right? So, uh, I know I can't get a bag in there, uh, in my pants and all that. So, I decide, you know, I'm circumcised, I'm, you know, if I was uncircumcised, it probably would've been easier. So I take, I take some of that powder, I pull my foreskin up, right? And then take a little piece of duct tape and duct tape the end of my shit shut so that the powder can't fall out. So I'm ready to go. So, uh, I drive to the place and they're making me wait. There's two, two people ahead of me. Well, I'm good if it was the first person. But buddy, when that second person got in there, that shit started burning, but <laughs> you don't want, oh, I'm starting to get worried. But I'm, you know, I done made it this far. We're gonna, we're gonna push through this goddamn dark forest. So, uh, they get me in there, and by the time they get me in there, I'm no longer worried about passing the drug test. I'm now worried about chemical burns on my jump. Yeah, in Kentucky, we call it a jump. That's, it rhymes with don't, with a J. Uh, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. I call my shit a jump. So my jump is burning. Uh, but I, I get, I, I get the piss out. I shake all that powder up in there and shake it up. Uh, you can't use no water in there. Okay. So I can't rinse my shit off. So, so I put my shit back, get out there, uh, find my shit, get out as quick as I fucking can. And I'm, I'm over like in a, in a, in a high density commercial area where, uh, 
there ain't no restaurants or gas stations or nothing. So there's all this traffic. I get at this red light. My shit is burning. And uh, so I, then I pull over. There ain't even an emergency lane. I pulls over in the grass, locks my shit up, runs across this field to a Qdoba, busts up in the Qdoba. There's a dude in the bathroom with the urinal pen. I don't give a fuck. I throw my pants off and start washing my shit in the sink. This dude dips. I'm talking, I think he quit midstream and just dipped out the bathroom job. <laughs> but, uh, I got my shit rinsed off. It hurt for a day or two, but I didn't have no third degree burns. I didn't have to go to the doctor and know that it healed up. Thank the fucking God. And let me tell you what, baby. Pass my drug test. Love y'all. See you, D-Rock. man, are we? Uh, today I happen to be, yes. Also, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Let's see. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, we're good now. Yeah, it's been a long day. Thank you for bearing with me. Ah, thank you. All right. Well, shit, what, I mean, what, what's the day in the life of uh, Mr. Kennedy going, going on? What is that like? Um, I I wish that that I could somehow say that my life as an entrepreneur is is glamorous and that I'm on yachts and jets. It's mostly just me sitting at my desk, writing emails to people and uh, looking at spreadsheets and things. Um, but uh, you know, I get to talk to some interesting people. So it's just uh, just getting off a, a call with someone out in California, and um, this will be way more interesting. So I'm happy to be jumping on with you. <laughs> I don't know about way more interesting, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you based? I am uh, in Houston, Texas. I was, I was just in Austin for my friend's bachelor party. My sister lives in Dallas. I don't think I've ever been to Houston, actually. Well, I mean, if you enjoy traffic and things of that nature, I mean, shit, come on down. <laughs> I think we have enough of that in New York, so you're gonna have to give me <laughs> some other reason. I think I don't think it's uh, that bad or whatever. I mean, shit, you ain't walking nowhere here in Houston. <laughs> you just take a car going everywhere. Well, let's put it like this: I live on the north side of Houston. If I wanted to go to the south side of Houston, depending on what time of the day it is, it can take me anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour or more. Wow. So, I mean, New York, you can probably hop on the subway or probably hoof it to where you got to go, but you ain't doing that here, buddy. Right. Yeah, New York, uh, when public transportation works, which is most of the time, it's, uh, it's a pretty pretty cheap and convenient way to get around. But uh, good luck good luck getting from, from one side of Manhattan to the other uh, in the middle of the day. So I think in that sense, it's, it's, uh, it sounds similar to Houston. Yeah. I mean, are you originally from New York? Uh, yeah, from uh, from the the area, just a little north of here. Sweet. Now, we we making the laughable app. We, we corresponding via email and all kinds of things like that. I mean, give me a little bit of your background. I mean, you grew up there in New York. I mean, what was that like being a kid down that way? I mean, I only know from Home Alone. That's all I know about New York. <laughs> I, my childhood never involved limos and and pizza that somebody else was paying for, uh, unfortunately, um, and I never met Donald Trump, so I, I have I, I don't have as much in common with Kevin McAllister as I as I wish I did, um, 
but uh, no, it was uh, it was generally a, a, a good place to, to grow up, mainly because I got to be a Yankee fan in the 1990s. Oh, okay. Um, being a Yankee fan these last few years has not been that much fun, but I was, what, nine years old when Derek Jeter had his rookie season? Dwight Gooden threw a no-hitter in, in uh, the first month of the season, 96, and they beat the Braves in the World Series that year. Lost to the Indians in the ALCS the next year. Beat the Padres the next year. Beat the Braves the next year. I mean, they were... And then beat the, beat the Mets the next year. So I got four World Series in my first five years of, of really being a baseball fan. So as far as I'm concerned, New York could have been burning otherwise. But uh, <laughs> the rest of those guys, man, I don't know how many... I don't, are you, you a baseball guy? No, the only thing I know from baseball is uh, Ken Griffey Jr., and the only reason I know about that is because I played video games, and that was like the only baseball game that I would like to play. It was Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. Ken Griffey Jr. has probably the dopest swing of any baseball player. Yes, and I mean, that, uh, that was another thing, too. I mean, I remember playing um, softball probably in middle school or whatever, and I, I would copy his uh, stance and his little, you know, how he sway back and forth and everything. <laughs> As long as you weren't right-handed, that I, I assume that would have worked out okay for you. I guess I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was just copying <laughs> King Griffey Jr. <laughs> I remember watching him hit a home run in Yankee Stadium, and it would it went right, it curled right inside the the right field foul pole, like within a split second, and people didn't even realize he had hit a home run. It was just such a rocket. Man. That guy was amazing. So I think I've only been to one pro baseball game in my life, and. I think it was uh, here in Houston. It was the Astros versus, I couldn't even tell you, because I was a little bitty kid, and that's when they still had the Astrodome here and Astroworld, which is no longer a thing. What's Astroworld? It was um, when, they had, when they had the Astrodome, right across from the Astrodome, they had a Six Flags, and they called it Astroworld, because it was right there next to the stadium. And um, we used to go there as a kid all the time. I mean... It was so many different ways that I found myself down there in that Six Flags at Astroworld because I was in Boy Scouts. So Boy Scouts would do a trip to um, Six Flags. I would um, go to church and they would have like the um, summer Bible school or whatever. And they would go take trips to freaking Six Flags. When we got bored sometimes during the summer, we would go to Six Flags. <laughs> so what happened to it? I, I They tore it down, man. I, and, and what was weird about it is, I mean... I went to Six Flags so much as a kid and you know I, I grew up I joined the military and I've been away from Louisiana and you know Texas for the better part of 16 years or more and when I was getting ready to retire and come back down this way I was like oh yeah man I can be back here by Houston I can take my kids to Astroworld and you know when you're gone for so long you know you don't keep in touch with what's going on back at home or whatever they tore it down and I didn't even notice. So I'm going home on leave one weekend and it was like, yeah, man, we can go to Astroworld. And that dog, Astroworld been gone for like three, four years. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I, hopefully it didn't have as much actual AstroTurf as the, the baseball stadium. Oh, no. I, but, but what I remember is like the Astrodome was had the big parking lot or whatever and you used to take the little trolley a little train or whatever that would go across the bridge it would cross the highway and you just be at the doorstep of freaking Six Flags Astroworld and it was just a magical place to have freaking 
water world in there and you can go to the water parks if you had the dual pass and I shed a tear when I found out it was gone. I, I bet the, the the New York version of that uh, is uh, Six Flags Great Adventure, which is still there. Yeah, I've but, heard um, of you it. Can't, you can't have more fun as a kid than a, a summer afternoon at a at an amusement park. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, I think we went to Six Flags in Dallas or something like that, and I used to be definitely afraid of freaking roller coasters and everything and you know me being the baby in the family you know i got away with a lot of things so you know i guess when my older brothers and sisters got took to theme parks and shit they was like nah motherfucker you going on a goddamn roller coaster <laughs> so i kind of missed out on a lot of stuff but this one particular summer my brother um took us all out there and damn had the texas twister or something like that big ass wooden roller coaster and i was like i ain't getting on that shit he's like you're going to get on, I'm going to kick your ass. I was like, okay, I'm getting on the roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time I was ever afraid of any roller coaster ever since then. It was like the best, best ever. Well, I, I imagine that, that uh, becoming a Marine, um, you, uh, you, got, you, got, you got tougher pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, it was mandatory. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. You know, the whole experience and everything with um, boot camp and everything, I, I I knew nothing about it. So I went in initially thinking it was going to be worse than what it was. I think it was going to be some full metal jacket shit or whatever. I'm going to get punched in the face and all kind of crazy shit, which may or may not happen. But I'm just saying, I thought it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it initially was. <laughs> right. Now, as long as you're not shooting yourself on the toilet, oh, no. you know, it's not as bad as, as Gomer had it. No, I, I, I know people that just uh shot themselves into the toilet if you know what i'm saying it was just like homesick missing their girlfriends and stuff right well it's it's uh you know i i uh i have not served myself but it's uh it's interesting to so much of of the way that a lot of a lot of people in my generation myself included kind of understand the military it's watching movies like full metal jacket and you know apocalypse now and I know there are parts of it that really ring true to people who did serve, and then other parts that that kind of grossly misrepresent what it's like to actually serve. Yeah, yeah I think that's having been, you know, through service and everything. I like to clear up those common misconceptions that people have of the military because I had them myself before I joined. <laughs> because all right, right, you hear Marine Corps, you think ah they're crazy, they eat babies and all kind of bullshit like that. Because I know because I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Then, now my uh, my where I've basically netted out is just I just don't know anything. <laughs> just uh tend to ask more questions than I ever attempt to answer on this stuff. But my my dad was in Vietnam in uh 71 and 72 as a marine. So it's always been a very important uh organization in my family as long as I can remember. Yeah, cuz I mean, it's we heavy on my side is 18 of us. Wow. So my father was in, my brothers was in. I got, and I got to tell everybody, there's a huge age gap between me being the baby and everybody else because, you know, I kind of shot through the cracks. <laughs> so I'm like, I just turned 35 in March and my oldest sibling is like 60 something. So I have nieces and nephews that are way older than me that have kids that joined the military as well. And, you know, it's just a crazy dynamic in my household. So. It's just that's all I really knew. 
And uh, Marines and other branches as well? Yeah, my father was in the Army. I had uh, nephews in the Air Force. I had nieces in the Marine Corps, nephew, uh, brothers in the Army, and all. I think there's a, one of us in each and every branch that they got out there. And are there are there rivalries within your family, or are you guys all just kind of in, in solidarity with one another as uh, as service members of the U.S.? Nah, I mean, it's, it's nothing. I mean, you probably get a jab here and there or whatever. Some of them, you can't really talk because I had a nephew that joined initially with the Marine Corps, and now he's retiring out of the Army. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you get a lot of that going on or whatever, but it's all in good fun. Cool. But yes, I mean, we we done went from Astro World to me in the military. You is what we talking about. You my guest. <laughs> now, you're way you're, you're way more interesting. So the, the conversations tend to gravitate oh, towards the interesting oh, people. Oh, so no, do, I, doesn't surprise me. That's how things uh, evolved. But no, I'm, I'm happy to happy happy to answer any questions you have about my my boring life. Oh man, uh, I, I disagree. Away. You you are doing things right now that I can like freaking only imagine like you got this app on this phone that I'm holding in my hand right now because I'm looking at the app it's called laughable how did the whole construction and you know the process of this even come to be so I let's see where to start with that I I had never started a company before I had nothing to do with software development or entertainment or or comedy or really anything relevant um before starting Laughable, but I've loved comedy for a long time. It's my favorite thing. Jokes are my favorite thing. Laughing is my favorite thing. Um, so through my kind of early to mid-20s, I'm, I'm 29 now, I, I love stand-up. Um, New York is a great place to be mm-hmm. if you want to go see stand-up comedy, you know, see comedians up close. So um, it, for anybody listening, whoever comes to New York, make sure to go to the Comedy Cellar. Um, that's that's really the mecca of New York comedy, and you can, you know, you pay your twelve dollar cover, um, and you you go in there, and you can you can sit six feet away from the stage, and on any any given night, you might see Louis C.K. or Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle or Sarah Silverman or Amy Schumer or any number of just the really the best comics in the world. Sweet. Um, so I'd be going there all the time, and. Just became obsessed with this stuff and was doing some of my own writing and you know open mics here or there. Um, I'm not a comic. I'm not a writer, Um, but uh, I became obsessed with creating comedy. And I thought the best way to learn how to do that was to pay attention to the people who were actually good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's why I was going all the time and I was listening to podcasts all the time and. I worked at a tech company, um, so I was sort of getting an education on how people were consuming digital media and and using technology products, um, and eventually just decided, all right, everybody loves comedy. Podcasts are pretty awesome. Stand-up comedy is pretty awesome. Comedians are great, but everybody's underserved, right? So if you're an artist, it's really, really hard to make a living. As a podcaster, as a stand-up comic, it is a slog. Um, it's exhausting. Uh, it takes years and years to make enough money that you can support yourself. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that what comedians do, I think that what artists do is is really important. I think they're they're some of the only remaining truth tellers in our world. Yeah. Um, and I love these people. I love them then. I love them even more now, having gotten to know a lot of them um, and getting to talk to them. Um, and I thought, all right, it would be pretty nice to to make life easier and more lucrative for for all of these people. Um, and then as a fan of comedy, it's really hard to know how to find comedians to love. It's really hard to know what podcasts you should be listening to. It's hard to know what stand-up albums you should be listening to. What stand-up specials should you be watching? What shows should you be going to? It's. Uh, I think people are kind of paralyzed by choice. It's like everything's available to you, but nothing's really available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thinking was just, all right, how do we make it easier for people to 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 find comedy and to find comedians? And how do we help comedians at the same time? That was the insight. And for a few months, it might have been over a year, I was just stuck on that question. How do we get started? Um, and how do you start a company? I had no idea how to do that either. I think you could argue I, I, I still don't really <laughs> do that. Um, and, uh, and eventually got started with, with, with Laughable and got started with podcasts specifically um, because as, as you know, and there's, there's you and there's, there's so many other really interesting, smart people that are, that are recording themselves every week. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an amazing medium. It's cheap to get started. So it's not like you have to be rich or have access to some fancy recording studio. Mm-hmm. All it takes is your brain and a microphone and a crappy computer. And you can <laughs> broadcast yourself to, I mean, theoretically billions of people. Um, so that's opened up the medium to all kinds of different people with with incredible perspectives that I think in the past would never have had a chance to be heard. Um, and and this has all happened fairly quickly. You know, podcasting only really got started around the mid-2000s, and it's, mm-hmm. it's picked up steam over the last few years. And I think what we realized was, all right, this is an awesome medium that's growing pretty quickly. Comedians are podcasting a lot. You know, yes. everything from the, the open micers all the way up to... to to the best comedians in the world. Bill Burr, Joe Rogan. I mean, these people have mi- millions of listeners, um, you know, over the course of a year. Um, and even the comics that are not hosting their own shows are going on podcasts pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle's just about the only comedian who's I, who I don't think has ever been on a podcast. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I would have found that by that's now. That's because he's Dave Chappelle, and he he doesn't he doesn't need to be on podcasts because uh, he is he is Jesus. Um, <laughs> but everybody else is going on shows all the time, and the thinking was just all right. How do we how do we make it easier for people to 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 find the stuff that that comics have been on? Um, so I eventually found some people who knew how to code and create things because I'm just the guy who talks yeah. and sends and sends emails as I mentioned. I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm not really the person who's making this this happen. Um, and we have worked together to to build an app that lets you go in and and not just listen to podcasts but search for a lot of comedians. I mean, we have from scratch built the largest database of comedians. Um, in the world and so you can search for somebody and then you can see all right do they host a podcast we, we got that for you right there mm-hmm. um and have they been a guest on any podcasts and then we'll sh- we'll have those all show up um right in your profile 
um, alongside links to all your social media um, and a bio, uh, which is great because you really, it, it, I think it, it humanizes people. You know, the, uh, people are really interested in, in, in learning more about people that they spend time listening to. So, you know, I love that you reached out and, uh, you know, I got to learn that you were in the Marines and, you know, you started a podcast after, after retiring from the military and, you know, what your, what your focus is on, you know, you talk to childhood friends and that's interesting to me. It's not going to be interesting to everybody, but just to put this information in one central place where, where people can get more if they so choose yeah. um, is, is what we were going after. Um, and I think what we found, we launched this thing last, last June, and it's, it's really picked up a lot of steam, uh, especially in the last handful of months, is people love podcasts. And people love to listen to podcasts based on what their favorite artists have been on. Yeah, it's a pretty cool app. I mean, so that's that's the thinking for now. But <laughs> the, the plan for, for plan for laughable though. I mean, you know, we still have a lot of progress to make uh, just within podcasts. So there's a lot that we're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of data question. and helping you understand, you know, how people are are listening to your show and what they're skipping through and what they're all that kind of stuff. But the plan for laughable is to be this giant marketplace for comedy, and we want to help people find comedians to love. Um, so, like, my two favorite comedians are Louis C.K. and Gary Goldman. I listen to everything that they're on. Uh, I, I, if I see a photo of either one of them, I'll just start smiling because they've made me laugh so hard so many times. The plan is for Laughable to help every American find at least a handful of comedians to feel the same way about. And when you feel that way about somebody, you listen to them on podcasts, you buy their stand-up specials, you go see them in person, you know, perform in person – you follow them on social media, you might buy their t-shirt, you tell your friends about them, um, and you're happy to do that because these people bring so much joy to your life. Yeah. Uh, and that's also good news for the comics because they make more money. If you have, if you have you know, more people who are big fans, that benefits comedians commercially. And you know, comedians, uh, I have limitless respect for comedians for a lot, of, a lot of reasons. One of them is that in order to be a comedian, you have to just... It slog it out for years and years. Like yeah. nobody becomes a successful comedian right away. It takes it takes years. The the fat pretty much the fastest route to getting an agent and you know going going around the country and touring, which is still tough by the way. You get in a plane, you know, forty weeks a year. You're still not making very much money. Even that takes five years. Yeah. And you start with open mics. People aren't very nice to each other a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and if if you're a, a woman, you're harassed all the time, and it's just, it's a really hard existence. And the people who make it through are people who are immensely talented, um, usually very smart, um, and really want it. Yeah, I just had a um, female comedian on um, for episode 69, um, Foxy. She's a local comedian here, and she talked about how on a daily basis, damn, how she get dick pics and shit just for because she's a girl <laughs> sure no i mean what i mean regardless of your profession uh, there's there's a lot of awful things that that women have to deal with but well, yeah. women comedians in particular just because they're you know their their line of work requires them to be in basically bars from the hours of 10 p.m until 3 a.m um which is when all the 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 sketchiest behavior tends to manifest itself so yeah. by the time by the time any, you know somebody's going on you know Jimmy Fallon or, or, uh, or, you know, one of the late night shows or has a podcast a lot of people listen to. And, um, they have, they have really worked their asses off and they've put up with a lot 
um, and they've proven themselves to to be worthy of the attention of a lot of people. Um, and uh, I just I I just admire it to to a limitless extent. Yeah. Now I'm I'm looking over your app and everything, and just like you said, um, from the time that I found out about it, probably was a uh, you know about three months ago, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And from the time that I've downloaded the app, from the time that you input my information into the app, uh, up until now, I mean, I've seen many improvements from what initially it was when I first got a hold to it. And that's pretty freaking cool. And not only do you have, you know, comedians, uh, you know, a variety of star levels and everything like you were speaking about. I mean, you have a lot of non-comedians on here that you highlight. So, I mean, what was the, besides um, the comedians being in your laughable app, I mean, what was the mindset also with uh, putting other people in there? I see like Killer Mike. I see, damn, who else? Angela Yee, which is a radio personality. Uh, Ronda Rousey. I mean, you got a variety of things other than comedy in here. Yeah, we we do. Um, w- yeah, I mean, the, the initial focus was, was comedians with really popular podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it's all right. Let's get Chris Hardwick and Bill Burr and and, and Joe Rogan and, and and Tom Segura and Christina Pashitsky and, and people like that into the app. And then we realized um, we realized a couple things. First of all, there's a lot of really interesting people who we think are are worth listening to who are not comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of organizing content around people we think is a pretty powerful idea that even beyond comedy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we have created those profiles for a lot of, of non-comedians. Um, you know, all the people you mentioned and, and uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino and, and uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal and Barack Obama and, you know, J.K. Rowling. I mean, it's just Mick Jagger. It's it's endless. Most famous people have been on at least one podcast. Yeah, and what's funny about those names, too, is they, they're hilarious in their own right. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, so... I think we, if laughable, laughable is a comedy company. You know how we describe ourselves in in the shortest way possible is we are a technology company in the comedy business. Um, if we decided not to focus on comedy, I think the most likely move for us would be to become a general purpose podcast player mm-hmm. and to just become an index for anybody who's ever been on a podcast. Okay. Um, and allow people to, to find content that way. Um, we started this company because we love comedy and we have plans going beyond podcasts that are all comedy specific. So I, I doubt that is a, a, a route, that plan B is, is one that we're going to, going to be pursuing. But what we did find, you know, talking to a lot of users since we launched, um, is that people like comedy, but, you know, just because your focus is on that doesn't mean you're not also interested in what non-comedians have to say yeah so what we do on our in our app is you know you can search for you can search for a lot of people but then we also recommend different artists and we we, we refresh that pretty regularly okay. um so to be able to 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 go in and and see that lin-manuel miranda you know the guy from from hamilton has been on a bunch of podcasts he happens to be hilarious i mean the guy could be a yeah. comedian. he's an absolute he's an absolute genius um, yeah, go listen to him. That's great. And I think we risk a little bit of brand confusion every once in a while. You know, people will say like, all right, if you're a comedy app, then why do you have the CEO of, of JP Morgan in your app? It's like, Jamie Dimon is interesting. And actually it's pretty funny too. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit of a risk that we've taken. Um, but 
that's the kind of the high level thinking. And then on the level of, of product and kind of understanding how people interact with technology, a lot of our users are not too wild about using multiple podcast apps. Yeah, I was just about people to say like that. to just have one. So, you know, anybody who tweets at us, hey, could you add this podcast? It's like it's a it's a woodworking podcast. Sure. We'll get it up for, we'll get it up there for you in in, uh, in two hours. There's you have a, a taxidermy show that you, you want us to put in there? No questions asked. Um, <laughs> there's really no no podcast. I mean, short of anything, truly insane. I mean, we're not going to, I don't know if ISIS has a podcast. We probably wouldn't put it on there yeah. unless it were, unless we're really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so short, short of that, uh, you know, we, uh, we want to put everything in here and just uh, get people listening to stuff. I mean, the, the podcast as a medium, get away from the word podcast because that, it seems like this weird niche thing and, and uh, what does it really mean? It means on-demand audio. That all, yeah. That's all it means. And everybody has that hour or two a day at least when their eyes are busy doing something else. You know, you're, you're driving, you're, you're on a subway, you're on a bus, um, you're exercising, you're gardening, you're, you know, everybody has those things. And then there are a lot of people who, who can listen to stuff all day. Yeah. You know, you hear podcasters talk, like Joey Diaz talks about how some of his biggest fans are like guys, like baggage handlers at airports. You know, they, you got those big earphones in, you could hide earphones within, within, uh, within your, 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 your earphones. Uh, and just and just you know listen to uh, listen to Joey just be hilarious all day long. It it really kind of transforms how you can go about your life. You can just constantly consuming. It. It's a way to learn. It's a way to be entertained. It's a way to laugh. It's a way to cry. Uh, it's a wonderful medium. Yeah. Um, and you know, video is not going anywhere. You know, text, more visual based things. They're not going anywhere. But audio has really been experiencing a renaissance yeah. over the last few years. And I think the, the reception to Laughable and, and to other apps um, you know, that are doing things somewhat along the same lines is good validation of that. That you know, if you make it easier for people to be, to be listening to things that are meaningful to them, um, you, can, you can make some progress. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, um, as far as people submitting, you know, those podcasts to you or whatever, I mean, what's the process currently now? I mean, is there a form that you can go to a website and submit your podcast? I, I know how I done it. And it was, you know, Ray told me to email you and from the naked porch and so on and so forth. And that guy's a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's I how I found guy. you. Yep. Yep. Uh, so anybody, any any podcaster who's listening to this, uh, we, we we welcome you onto the Laughable platform. Uh, if you're not here already, we might have we might have already um, uh, added your added your podcast. So uh, if you go to laughable.com/slash/artist-resources, uh, you can you can find out more information about how we do things. Um, and it's really just as simple as sending us an email with your RSS URL and. And uh, the, you know the name of your podcast, and and we'll get it right in there for you. Yeah. So outside of people just um, you know doing what you just said or whatever, are you just ma- are y'all just manually going through and pulling podcasts in, or is that the plan? Yeah. You know we have we have systems that allow us to. We need your RSS URL, and then we have systems that that go and and g- grab episodes. Once we have a record of that, um, and we're making sure that we're there are, we are playing by the rules. So, for example, um, every time somebody presses play on one of your episodes or downloads one of your episodes through Laughable, you get a download credit to your RSS feed. 
Cool. Um, so we we uh, we've developed this in concert with a lot of podcasters um, and comedians to make sure that we are um, we are an ally in every way to the artist community. Um, and the thinking is just people are spending all this time creating this amazing content. And you know, for any any given podcaster, they're not going to be interesting to any specific user necessarily. But if we can make this stuff easier to find, I think our view is that most podcasters deserve a bigger audience. And one of the biggest barriers to them getting that bigger audience is not that that they suck or that they shouldn't <laughs> be podcasting. It's that people don't know how to find them. Um, and to the extent that we can create a really easy and fun and simple way for potential listeners to find content and to sample content and to learn more about the host behind it, um, you know, we think we can we can grow the market, and I think that's been borne out so far. You know, we we, we surveyed more than twenty five hundred of our of our users recently, and almost ninety percent of them said that they've found new podcasts uh, or new comedians or both through Laughable. Yeah, and it makes me so happy to hear that because it means we're making people better off. It means that podcasters are getting more downloads. It means they're getting if you have ads in your podcast, you're getting um, you know, more revenue from that. And from the user's perspective, it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I, w- nothing makes me smile more. Nothing, nothing makes me feel better about all the, all the late nights I'm, I'm, I'm spending, um, you know, with my co-founder getting this thing off the ground than to hear from people that, Hey, you know, I, I found Bert cast, you know, I found Bert Kreischer through your app. And now I just went and saw him this weekend and, and it was the funniest thing I ever saw. I don't know. Do you know who Bert Kreischer is? No, I haven't heard of him. Okay. Well, you should listen well, to Bert. I'm look him up Bert, now. Is, Bert, Bert is an look him up and laughable. Bert is an LA-based comedian. He's really popular. He's really funny. Everybody likes him. He's a podcast that a very healthy six-figure number of people listen to every week. And the way we look at this is, all right, this guy's killing it. But if you know, if some six-figure number of people are are listening to Birdcast every week, that means that there is a there are hundreds of millions of people in this country that are not listening to him. And we think he, I mean, look, I'm not saying that he should have an audience of every single American. I'm saying that for so many people like Bert, um, and you know, it's not just Bert, it's a lot of others, um, you know, you included, um, you guys should have bigger audiences. Yeah. And I think that there are ways for technology to help you do that. Okay. Now uh, speaking with, you know what you was just talking about and everything you know making everybody accessible and you know ways to find people now i discussed this briefly through email with you now i've been on multiple podcasts and everything and i've known people that are on your laughable app now that have been on my show so what would be the process of me linking all those to my profile or linking them to my episode that they did with me and so on and so forth just email us. It's just uh, info at laughable.com. And uh, just give us a, a, a list of the series name and the episodes on which you've appeared. And we'll take care of it right away for you. See, what I um, had in my mind when I, as I'm looking at this app and the comparison I can make, this is like a IMDB for podcasts and uh, comedians and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's freaking cool. I like it a lot. Now, it's for, it's the same question, but from different ends. As far as features go 
from um, people, you know, giving you suggestions, what has been the most touted suggestion from, you know, your users or, you know, from anybody else? And what is the top feature or future features that you want to add to this app? So the one that we, the one that we heard a lot about that we have already added is a sleep timer. Okay. Which I was shocked by. I can't, I can't listen to anything when I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody has weird sleeping things. Some people, oh, I have to sleep with a pillow between my legs, or I have to, you know, have a horror movie on in the background, whatever. Everybody's weird about it. Um, like if if I don't have blackout shades, I wake up at the crack of dawn. Or my thing is, I just can't have any noise. Um, Ooh, sucks to be apparently. You. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so we heard from a lot of people saying though that that hey, look, I love this app, but until you get a sleep timer, I, I'm I'm at least going to have to use something else because I fall asleep to podcasts. Um, and the first person who emailed me, I'm like, this person is just weird, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then we heard from like 20 other people within a month, and then we're like, okay, maybe we're the weird ones. Um, and so we added that, and uh, and and it's been used. You know, we can we can track the the engagement with certain features. So, um, at, at, from the user perspective, anybody who is a laughable user who thinks that we can um, and and should be doing something better, email us. Again, it's info at laughable.com. Um, I, I have one of the best parts of this has been getting to talk to users and and, and podcasters and to build something that's useful. Um, that's useful to everyone. Um, so we, we really do listen to, we, we, we read every email, we try to be responsive, and, uh, and, and the product is a direct reflection of, uh, of, what, we, of what we hear you know, people want. Um, but that doesn't mean that we've done everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, one example is uh, for people who have uh, limited, limited data, either because it's, it's expensive or because they have bad cell reception, our app is not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, our app is great if you can just stream stuff all the time. People who have you know unlimited data plans, it's good. Um, so to give people more options about you know automatically downloading podcasts only when they're on Wi-Fi, okay. uh, it's something that we need to work on. Um, there's a handful of other things like that 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 we know we need to do, uh, and we're we're working quickly to to, to remedy those things. Um, but it's also a balance because I think one thing that we have we have heard over and over again is that people really like the simplicity mm-hmm. of the app and a big part of, of product development is is just coming to terms with the fact that you can't make everybody completely happy okay um, because if you do that then the app's just kind of gonna gonna collapse under its own weight you add in every bell and whistle and then it just becomes too confusing to use okay um, so it's this it's this balance of making sure you're listening to people and and trying to develop a you know Tracking numbers, just how many people are asking for this feature, you know, versus that feature, and then building the ones that you think are going to benefit the maximum number of people, uh, and then for the people that you piss off the most, you know, being <laughs> being willing to send them a T-shirt and you know, um, uh, apologize uh, to them profusely and and hope that they don't stay mad at you. Oh, oh, I'm I'm angry right now. You don't have options for me to click on the hyperlinks in the in the show description. Send me a T-shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> you well, I actually will send you a t-shirt but just because I like you not because Yay. I would apologize for that um, too many people mess around with their show description that's why we can't do that yeah I understand oh man but it's been a learning process for us man like we don't 
you know, we we're my my co-founder is a guy named Stuart who is <laughs> he might be the smartest person I've ever I've ever uh, you know spent any significant amount of time around. Um, he's the guy actually building this thing, and and so you know we we spend a lot of time talking with users and and you know going through our emails and and tweets and I think one thing that has surprised us is um, just how thoughtful and enthusiastic people have been. Not that we're surprised that our users are generally thoughtful and enthusiastic people. I think the people who gravitate towards podcasts tend to have those attributes. Yeah. But that people voluntarily, like we're not soliciting this stuff. People will, you know, we have a, we have a, a, a little button and kind of a hidden part of our app that just says uh, support. And we'll hear from, from users all the time. Saying, hey, you know, I was just thinking, what if you did this? You know, what if I, 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 I was inspired because I did, you know, great job, guys. Uh, keep it up. Like, I'm going to use it either way, but this would make it an even better app for me. Yeah. Um, people are just immensely kind uh, and patient with us. Um, and it's been sustaining. You know, we're, we, we, uh, we haven't had, as I mentioned, we haven't had very interesting lives uh, over the last, <laughs> uh, uh, however long it's been. Uh, a couple of years at this point, you know, of uh, of really slogging it out. But when we hear from strangers, you know, like, you got me through this road trip. You know, I laughed my ass off all the way to Tampa. Uh, it just, it's the it's the best feeling in the world. It really is. Sweet. And hey, man, you know, as much as you um, receive all that praise and everything for well, we get plenty of hate too don't oh, don't be okay. uh, i don't i don't mean to misrepresent this <laughs> it's, a, it's a mixed bag but overall we love we love our users and we love the way that they communicate with us our app was down da- our app was down for like like two minutes the other night uh our server just conked out weirdly we, we restarted it we were back in action within you know half an hour or so and we heard from two users right away one of them dm'd uh dm'd us privately on twitter and was like hey i just wanted to let you know that your server's down like keep up the good work like let me know when it's back and then another guy just tweeted at us publicly and was just like i can't use laughable what the fuck man <laughs> and by the way i thought both of those were totally reasonable approaches uh, and and both of them, uh, in their own ways, uh, lit a, lit a fire under us to to fix it. And by us, I mean Stuart, because Stuart's the one who actually knows how to do things. Stuart's, I was just there being like, hey, Stuart's Stuart, the man. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and and lend moral support while while you actually actually do the work. Yeah, you just go get him a cup of water or some, you know, change out his pee bucket. <laughs> well, it's hard to do because he's in the UK, so I can't even Sweet. be an effective pee bucket changer, which is uh, d- discouraging to me that I can't be more more helpful to him. Uh, but he is coming to uh, to America next week. Oh, sweet! Uh, and I am very excited about that. Along um, along with uh, another Brit uh, named Kate, who is uh, similarly awesome, and she's never uh, she's never been to New York. I don't even think she's been to the United States. Oh, so, so she's about to get um, all kinds of culture shot. I think so. I mean, you can just see what we did, you know, you know, taking their culture a few hundred years ago and just ruining it in every way. I'm sure they're going to be uh, hugely enthusiastic. Yeah, I imagine, you know, coming in through customs in New York is kind of like how the Men in Black movies were. You know, how they had all the aliens with the weird fruits. and. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. But I've uh, we, we've rubbed off on them, though. Um, like, I've gotten Stuart saying, yo, oh, which is no. great. <laughs> For the for the first couple months, he would just politely ignore me when I would say, "Yo, what's 
what up, dude? And now he, uh, I think he uses dude, not quite as much as I do, but it's not weird for him to use that. So I, I consider that a victory. I'm, 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 cor- I'm corrupting his, uh, his, the, the correct form of English that he, that he had used up to that point. And now he just sounds like every other ugly American like me. So I, I'm going to chalk that up as a victory. Yeah, I, I can, um, growing up in Louisiana, you know, from, birth to you know i was 18 when i left i mean we all spoke the same way for the most part but then you join the military and you're meeting all these people from all over the country all over the world and everything and you have all these different you know slang and dialect and everything and you try to be sociable to everybody and you find yourself picking up a lot of things so i lost my southern twang and everything that i had but whenever I get home around, you know, the people that I grew up with and everything, it comes out, especially if there's alcohol involved. But <laughs> of course, well, you know what the be- you know what my favorite um, my favorite term in, in English is is y'all. Oh yeah, and I well, I, I'm from New York. I can't I can't get away with what are, what are y'all up to? It doesn't work. But I I do now use it in writing. Yeah, why why apostrophe a l l? Every once in a while, somebody will say you're from new york why are you saying y'all say it's it's an efficient word yeah well, or, conjunction whatever it is uh it's better than you all it's more conversational it's a, it's a good term so yeah or i catch myself saying yo or son sometimes <laughs> those are those should just be accepted terms in english at this point <laughs> Both of those. also dope is a great adjective yes that's dope you're smoking the dopes <laughs> You can use it that way too, but just to describe something. If I if I want if I like nothing makes me feel uh, more is if the, the highest uh, compliment anybody can can pay uh, to to Stuart and, and and Kate and me is to say uh, your app is dope. And it is. <laughs> it's- Some people think it is, uh, and but we need to keep working to to make even more people think that it is. So that that's what's uh, that's what's humbling about this is that you're never you're never done with this stuff. It's just it's endless. I mean, honestly, we could we could have five developers working on this app right now, and still never be done with it. Um, especially since you know we have we have ambitions beyond podcasts. So mm-hmm. um, technology is changing so quickly. Exactly. It's not like you can just ever be done. Um, that's exciting. It's also exhausting and daunting and a little bit scary. Yeah. Uh, but don't start a software company if you're not okay with that because it's just a, a reality of the situation. Yeah, they got another guy that I'm looking to get on the podcast. He started an app called Lemur, and it's just for people who want to podcast on the go. You know, I mean, they just whip out their phone, turn the app on, hit record, and boom, they record their own podcast and everything. That's really smart. I'll look into that. Lemur? How do you spell it? Yes. Uh, Like the animal. L-E-M-U-R? Oh, no. I lied. It's L-I-M-O-R. L-I-M-O-R. Okay. Yeah. Less is more. Clever. See, I like it. Yeah, I, I just found that out too. That's why I've been saying it all the time. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, I mean, look, if you can make it, the, the going from like you need a recording studio to you just need a crappy microphone and a even crappier computer to all right, now you just need this thing in your pocket that everybody carries around anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, be great. 
See, and that was the thing, too, because uh, when I first started podcasting, I thought the same exact thing. I initially started off with a USB microphone and my iPad mini and an app called Boss Jock that allowed me to, you know, have studio functions on my iPad. And, um, you know, shortly thereafter, because, you know, I, I wanted to try to keep up with this thing and do it for a long time. So shortly thereafter, I, I don't think I was even five episodes in. I went ahead and bought the microphone and the mixer and all the stuff that I would need to produce a decent quality podcast. But now, you know, looking back and everything and knowing people and talking to other podcasters and, you know, people from back at home, you know, they all want to do podcasts and everything. But the thing that's holding them back is not being able to get that mixer or the microphone and everything like that. So, you know, I'm starting to try to push this lemur app off on people and everything. Because, I mean, I think, me personally, just my opinion, that if you start, you know, low end like this with your phone and everything, and, you know, you get like a decent following, you know, people like to see, you know, progression. So they know you starting off on the cell phone. Then eventually you'll upgrade to a microphone and a decent computer. And then you'll go from there and add certain elements to your podcast. I think people dig to see the growth in a podcast and a lot of people latch on to that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, is from uh, one of the founders of LinkedIn, a guy named Reed Hoffman. He's The guy is a genius. And it's, uh, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. Yeah. Um, so, so that's with regard to, to, to software, but it really applies to, I think, anything creative, which is just put yourself out there. Um, what's the worst that, that could happen? Um, and then you get better over time. And there, there's no better way to improve than to put something crappy out there and to hear from people, hey, you know, this kind of sucked. Uh, here's how you can make it better. Yeah. Uh, and if you're that bad, then you'll never do it again. But that's good for everybody because, you know, you might be like if I go try if I go, you know, try out for, you know, if I, if I go try to take Eli Manning's job away from him. You know, I'm going to get arrested in the parking lot trying to get into to, to MetLife Stadium up here. Um, <laughs> but you know, anybody who has a little bit of talent, you just have a little glimmer of okay, this was something you did really well. Okay, so the fact that the audio quality wasn't great is not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a specific example of this: uh, Have you heard of Bar- Barstool Sports? Yes. Um, those guys are killing it, and I they know. have a they have massive, massive a, a massive listenership across many podcasts at this point. Um, really talented guys, but it started just a, a, a few people, um, you know, blogging um, before things had really moved over in earnest to social media. They were they were releasing stuff on BarstoolSports.com, and they had you know different cities. So this guy KFC, Kevin Clancy, out of New York, he was I think he was working in accounting, um, and he just loved sports and he loved blogging about funny stuff and started blogging and then started KFC Radio. And you know, brought on fights and Big Cat and and this all present this all a whole other cast of characters. They've, it's gotten better uh, recently because that that company has taken on a bunch of money and really become a totally professional operation. But they were just doing stuff in Google Hangouts, you know, yeah. Gchat for a long time. The sound quality was awful. <laughs> I listened every week. <laughs> the irony is, I actually listen to fewer podcasts now because I'm I work so much. I can't can't be listening when I'm. When I'm doing my boring emails, but yeah. they they develop. I don't know exactly how the, how big their audience was. Those guys effectively built a media empire with 
some of the worst imaginable sound quality because they were funny and interesting and people liked them. Yeah, because so that that seems to me to be the last thing anybody should be concerned about. Like if that's the last thing with holding you back, like I have interesting ideas, I have people that I want to talk to, I'm not sure I have the right mixer. Just go for it. And and man, I'm I'm pushing it so hard with certain people because I mean, I think they would be real good at it or to have something they can bring to the table. I mean, I ain't saying that they're gonna get like a hundred thousand listens in their first three episodes or anything, but I believe in them enough to where if they put something out, that it'll be good. And that's the it's, it's the same shit, man. It's like, oh man, I don't want to do nothing until I get the mixer and the microphone and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm just waiting on this thing to come in, you know, this and this. I was like, dog, you can be podcasting about all that stuff right now. You can be telling people how, you you know, you're struggling trying to do this, 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 and this, and this. People like that. I mean, not everybody, but enough people. And then, like I said, it's showing growth, a progression until you get that mix in that microphone and so on and so forth. But they just wanted everything to be perfect right off the freaking bat. I under I understand that that uh that impulse. I I I probably would have started laughable sooner, um, if I didn't have that myself. But just seeing you know where I was really in, it inspired to to realize the the folly of of that of that um, of that point of view is is comedians. A comedian the the most prolific comedians release about an hour of material a year. They'll they'll do an they'll do an hour special once a year. If they're like re- like a Louis C.K. level person, yeah. um, and then when they're, when they're done with that, they will go back anonymous. They don't announce it. They go back anonymously to tiny clubs. They don't tell anybody that they're coming, and they just get up there and they just vomit out whatever's on their mind, yeah. and just start to get a little kernel of an idea. Um, and then they build they build their act from there. It, it's it's a constantly it's just a, a, a process of constant iteration um don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough is another one of my one of my favorite quotes and plus if this is interesting you know nobody should be podcasting if like i just want to build an audience and build a business i I hate doing this don't do it then because you're not going to do as good work and it probably is not going to be something that you sustain yeah but if you enjoy talking to people and one of the great things about podcasting is if you're solo podcasting then it's it's a way for you to organize your thoughts and even just create a historical record, you know, something your kids or nephews or nieces can, can listen to. That's if it's interesting to to yourself, who cares if anybody ever listens to it? If you like hearing yourself talk, if you're just a huge narcissist, good for you. Keep talking (laughs) and listen to it all day long. That's great. Um, And then hopefully you'll be talking with other people because it's just an amazing way to connect with, with people. I mean, you know, how, how often do you have a chance to like, I haven't checked my phone one time. During this conversation, I I, don't, I can't I don't even know when the last time it was I went ten minutes without looking at my phone. Yeah. Um. So there there's a, a a power in this medium as far as how it connects people. Those to me seem to be reasons kind of in and of themselves that that this is worth people doing. And look, if you become the next Joe Rogan, good for you. At that point, I, I'm pretty sure that Joe Rogan can afford whatever mixer he wants. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think that's something that you can worry about a little bit down the road. Actually, I think Joe Rogan can probably podcast with a two can- tin cans and a string, and he'll just pay somebody else to fix it. <laughs> we so we, we track what people listen to in Laughable, and 
so the data data changes every day based on who's talking about us and who we feature and just kind of random fluctuations in, in listener behavior. Yeah. The one thing that is constant is that Rogan and Bill Burr are so far above everybody else. Shit, I need to it get them on my show then. Can you hook that up? <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> I, I need to get them to talk to me <laughs> first before that before I can get them to talk to you, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Oh, okay. But uh, those guys are and and what's what's also great. I mean, in in Rogan's case, Burr's a little bit more of a solo guy. Uh, Rogan has spawned this whole LA-based empire of incredibly successful su- successful comedians. All really talented guys, and like they were, they were already successful comics, but they they've been on his show a bunch of times. And he, Rogan introduced because his because his audience is so huge, yeah. he introduced them to a massive number of people. So like Joey Coco Diaz. If anybody's listening to this who wants other comedians to, if you're if you're looking to to find new podcasts, here's what I would recommend. Because uh, Rogan does a great job finding awesome people. Joey Coco Diaz, The Church of What's Happening Now. Hilarious. He's probably the best storyteller in the world. Just an incredible guy. Yeah. Um, Bert Kreischer, Bertcast, Ari Shafir, Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank, Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky, uh, Your Mom's House. Um, Tony Hinchliffe, he has Kill Tony and The Pony, uh, the Pony Hour. Uh, all of those comics were people that went on Rogan's podcast a lot and got way bigger followings as a result. And it's not like, oh, Rogan made them. No, Rogan just alerted a shitload of people to how talented all the rest of these <laughs> these uh, these men and women were, uh, and and they're now fully off to the races as some of the most popular comedians in the world. And for all you know, they they may very well have gotten there anyway, just based on their talent. But I think Rogan certainly um, made that process a little bit quicker for them. Um, and that's what's great about podcasts is that it yeah. you know you, you you like one person, so you're listening to their show, and then they have a guest on. And now you'd say to yourself, I really like that guest. And then we take the, the you know, kind of going down a level to laughable. We now make it possible for you to, to see what else that, that guest has been on. And you just try to make it easier for people. And yeah. the goal is get people listening to more podcasts, consuming more comedy, get them more passionate about people who are telling jokes and recording podcasts and going and performing stand-up. Whatever your creative channel is, um, we want to empower those people, yeah. Um, and it's something that excites us. Because I've, I, by the way, I've tried to be, like, I've recorded a few things with friends and by myself, uh, and I now have enough evidence, uh, Rob, that uh, I should never be allowed uh, to record anything myself ever <laughs> again. I, it's just I, it, I, I'm just not that person. There are people like you and many others who who do have that talent, um, and to the extent that we can provide technology that that helps you guys find a bigger audience and make life a little easier for you and help the people who are listening. I think that's pretty cool. We're excited about that. And this could all totally fail. Um, but it could also succeed in a big way. And why I'm so pumped about this is that the way that we've structured this company is that it's only going to succeed if we make both consumers of this stuff better off and, and also the creators. And we're all in this together. Yeah. And you you would have never known that if you didn't try. So, I mean, I commend you for putting, you know, your best foot forward and even trying, you know, because that's a lot of that's some people can't take that first step and even try. And you actually, you know, put the plan into motion. 
So I commend you. For uh, that. I I appreciate that. I think that's that should be praise that's reserved for somebody who like uh, goes into boot camp uh, for the Marines. I just started a company. I'm just another millennial with an app. I'm, uh, I'm, there, there's a million of me. Uh, we deserve, we deserve no credit. Uh, but uh, this stuff is really fun. It's been fun for us, and uh, it's it's given us a chance to talk to people like you, which is, uh, you know, as kind of similar to to what it's like for, for artists. Just just an opportunity to connect with other people. Yeah. Um, you know, we're human beings. We the very few people whose natural environment is just to be alone and uh, all the time um so i think conversation between people is a is a worthy is a worthy goal um because that's how you create comedy and that's how you develop a better understanding between people and you develop relationships and um you know you meet people on the internet and then you become friends friends with them in real life um you know nobody's talking about hey have you heard about this world wide web thing it's not <laughs> it's, not, it's not this totally separate thing anymore. T- technology is a part of all of our lives, but technology is a means to an end. And I think the end is um, more and better human interaction and laughing more and learning more um, and doing things that we find meaning in. Yeah. All right, man. It's been great chatting with you, man. I appreciate you for doing what you're doing. You're not only giving me an opportunity to get listeners uh, you know, to hear in my voice and everything, but you're giving many other people opportunities to, you know, to get their word out there and get their voice on to other ears and everything. So I thank you very much for that. I thank you for your time this evening and um, go ahead. And I mean, I think you might've been on one or two podcasts. Uh, at, this is the point to where you plug all your things, not your orifices, but you know, your products and stuff. <laughs> can I, can I do both? Yeah, if you can. <laughs> Some people aren't that multi-talented. <laughs> it's 2017. There's no wrong answers anymore. Uh, anybody who has an iPhone is welcome to... By the way, I, pre- I appreciate all that you just said. Uh, and we, we're here to support you and, and other artists. Uh, anybody with an iPhone uh, who likes podcasts or comedy or thinks that they might, might like podcasts or comedy, uh, which in my view should be pretty much close to everyone, uh, can download our app. Um, just go into the App Store and uh, search for Laughable, or you can go to laughable.com. If you have an Android, you're welcome to go to laughable.com slash Android. Uh, you can give us your email, and we will let you know when we have a, a version of the app ready for you. Uh, and if you are a podcaster and would like to get your show on our platform, uh, please go to laughable.com slash artist resources. Uh, to learn more uh, everything uh, that you need to know is in there um, we tend to be pretty responsive we'd love to hear from you and and we're here to be an ally um, to to both fans and creators in any way that we can sweet all right and once again I appreciate you you know giving us your creativity and I appreciate you giving me your time this evening this was dope dope yo son <laughs> talk to you soon brother all right and that's all of the episode you made it to the end has some stuff in the beginning in the middle and here it is all right let's go get out of here off show here we go (laughs) man i appreciate ned for giving me his time and being on the podcast and I also appreciate Ned and all of the people in his camp for making a platform for us to get our voices out there and to be heard. 
So, I mean, that's that's a valuable commodity in this audio industry, whether it's music, spoken word like Jody B, <laughs> or me just bullshitting in the wee hours of the morning in front of this microphone and this shitty ass laptop that keep freezing every time I click from Audacity and click on the motherfucking web page so I can download music and put it in the bonus content so you can hear after I finish running my motherfucking mouth. But that's 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 another story. Also, in the vein of creativity and ways of platforming and get your voice and out there and to be heard. Um, pretty soon, I'm gonna try to get uh, the creator and founder of the Lemur app. Um, what it is is a social audio. It's a app that allow you to podcast using your phone and everything. Pretty cool. I use it here and there. Uh, well, a little more than here and there. Um, usually when I'm bored <laughs> and I'm not here surrounded by my shitty laptop and my microphones and stuff, I usually just whip my phone out, go into the Lemur app, and I record me, you know, a little bit of audio. I just did a 20-minute piece on the civilian life and how it is at my new job compared to my old job, which was the military. So if you have an Apple device, because that's the only um, device that is available on at the moment, um, go to the App Store and download the Lemur app. And you can hear me also get randomly random on the Lemur app. So, yeah, giggity goo. Also, uh, man, fucker, also, let's get the hell up out of here. Got another guest coming up next week. Uh, JJ Blake, the current television champion for the reality of wrestling. Um, the promotion that is run by Hall of Famer Booker T here in H Town. So look forward to that. If you're a patron of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast, like Brandon McIntyre and Glenn Abbott, you can get exclusive access to unedited and unfiltered episodes before they come out. So when I do interviews, you can hear them before they're aired worldwide for everyone else to hear them. You can hear them raw and uncut. So most of the time you're going to hear a lot of me saying, yeah, man, and that's how I got my foot stuck in a sinkhole. Yeah, then you hear that <laughs> brief moment of silence. Then the personal comment, because I usually have lag uh, when I do these Skype interviews and recordings and everything. I don't know if it's my internet. I don't know if it's my laptop. I would rather blame it on the laptop because it's a piece of shit. And I'm sorry, laptop, for cussing at you. Why I'm recording the audio on you right now. <laughs> it's, um, it's a vicious cycle. I, I tear you up. I break you down. And I try to build you back up by doing audio recordings on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sleeping. Talking to my laptop. And apologizing and cussing that motherfucker out at the same time. But yeah, become a patron. There's a dollar tier, three dollar tier, and five dollar tier. Currently working on a new tier. Not the liquid that flows from the eye sockets. To where um, I'll add some more incentives. So look out for that. But it's very much appreciated. All those who contribute to the podcast and Purchase merch like Ray from the Naked Porch Podcast or King Ajar, former guest, 
uh, bought him a surprise motherfucker t-shirt from my t-shirt shop that you can find on randomrobcast.com. Also, big shout outs to Ray also and Brandon McIntyre for using my Amazon links and buying some things and getting the show a little bit of kickback. And I think I didn't read the terms and conditions for Amazon because I know Ray bought a lot of things using my links. I know BMAC just did and some other people. But I see my total in the earnings column, but I ain't got no access to them. It say fees, didn't say earnings. So I think everything that I'm making off of these Amazon links going into a fee pile before I even get any kickback. <laughs> hey, man, but I still appreciate it if you would use them. Maybe I'll get some eventually. And um, whatever you can do to help out the show is greatly appreciated. But the, but the most important thing, the one true thing that is mostly appreciated, mostly appreciated, that is appreciated, that you listen. And you tell somebody else to listen. And don't just tell them to listen. Hold their fucking ear to your iPhone or Android device or whatever your listening device of choice is. And say, listen, motherfucker. Listen right now. <laughs> uh, subscribe, write reviews, all that poop and everything. And um, you can find me on Twitter at It's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. You can also find the show on Twitter at, wait for it, R R R underscore podcast. That's three R's underscore podcast. As mentioned, Previously, there's a website called randomrobcast.com to where you can find more information on the show, all my social media accounts, and different ways that you can help out and contribute to the show. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Instagramming. Um, yeah, I'll be walking through Walmart doing my Walmart logs, hashtag Walmart log. I went to all this today upon recommendation from a YouTube a video that was shared on Twitter from the Nick and Porch podcast and the Bro Ron's podcast and a slew of other ones that was in that Twitter feed. So I went to all this today and seen with my own eyes the greatness that is all day. <laughs> it was pretty good. I like it. I might go back. Got some cheap stuff, but I ain't paying for no motherfucking basket. And I guess I had to bring me my own bags because they don't give you no bags either. <laughs> Also, the Random Rounds with Rob podcast is in a partnership with Hush Your Face Entertainment. It is a group of podcasters that have band together with their awesomely awesome shows to create that is which Hush Your Face Entertainment. It's shows like myself and the Horribly Awkward podcast, the Horrible Gamers podcast, the Tavern podcast, which is the flagship podcast. Also, Three is Comedy, the Nerd Whales or Walls, <laughs> the Robin Slim Show. And there's probably some other shows that I'm missing because I still haven't memorized the list yet. <laughs> also, if you like to listen to people talk about professional wrestling and give their hot takes and opinions and views, I am a co-host on the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company only on the NAI Network. So check that out. Um, if you go to your podcasting app of choice and type in the New Age Insiders Network or NAI Network, the NAI Network. That's where you find the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company and a slew of other wrestling podcast shows. So check all that out. 
Anyway, that's it for this edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. Stick to the end because I got some bonus content for you from Zion and Venus Versace. Versace, Versace, Versace. Arachi. Future guests of the podcast. And uh, keep your ears peeled. Got some stuff coming your way. And uh, thank you once again. And I'll see you next time. Bonus content. Time is cool, Venus Versace.